All right, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Zero. I'm Mr. Nappy. And I'm Chuck Flamingo, and I know squat about comic books. So I go out there on the fringes of the Marvel Universe and see if I can find a relic that is either a hero or a zero. I'm bringing it back to my expert okay, here. Pause, pause. Just a second. I just need to say a few words here. Okay, go ahead. For just full disclosure, people, every week this man brings drops a comic book off at my desk and says, hey, check this out. So I read these comic books. So to my surprise, people, this man tried to do me a solid this week and bring us an X-Men. Yes, I did say X-Men comic book. A legend. Well, okay? there, there are characters I recognize on the Can cover. Can you please read to me at the top what it says? Top right left-hand corner. What does it say? Um, It says Malibu Comics. Uh. Malibu Comics. Okay. Um, All right. So, but it so, has X-Men on it, so I uh, thought it was Marvel. So, so, You're the Marvel expert. So <laughs> this is going to be more heavy on other other comic book characters that are not in the Marvel Universe per se that eventually Marvel eventually require, acquired a lot of them, uh, like Squadron Supreme and people like that. But I'm going to say this right now. Thank you for, for at least having a Wolverine and a Phoenix inside a comic book. That was awesome. Uh, it wasn't Machine Teen or what was the other one? The Z Z Z Man or whatever it was. Oh, the the, the uh, Nith Man. Nith Man. Nith Man. Uh, Nith Man will always be steaming pile of crap. Yeah. That's what that would be. Machine Machine Teen was all right. So I mean, you 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 you're improving every time we do these. You're you're recognizing real, and you're trying to use comics that are. Well, I definitely picked it up because it has 48 pages instead of the usual whatever. How many pages are in the comic book? I just want to say that the writers in this book... Can we, can we, let's read the book first. Let's look at okay, well, 48 pages. I was getting my, uh, my money's worth. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's read this. We read it, and, uh, and you know what? I think that the title itself bruh. perfectly matches the convoluted nature of the story. That I want to die after reading. That okay, story? so here I, I I can't believe we actually forgot to mention the title of this thing. This is the Phoenix Resurrection Revelations. Misleading title. Well, I, this this is, seems like it, misleading title. This, this seems like a culmination of several storylines coming together, and it's like the the climax of something. I could not tell you because it was hard to follow. It was extremely hard to follow. And I was just because normally an X Men book is really easy to follow. Is it? There's a beginning. There's a middle. There's an ending. They're brilliant stories. Just like Civil War was a brilliant story. Usually, these comic books that Marvel makes are pretty cut and dry. But this is not Marvel. This is Malibu Comics. With X-Men. With X-Men and the crossover because they had some deal, a deal with the crossover characters. And they have the laziest way to do a crossover. They do. A portal opens up in New York City Whack. and out comes other characters. Whack. And this happens five times. Every page. Almost every page in the beginning. And... The only people I actually recognize are, of course, you know, the X-Men. You know who this guy is here? Yeah, it's the Juggernaut. You know who that lady is there? Uh, I think in the cartoon she was called Jubilee. Yes, and do you know who that guy is? No, I don't know that guy. That's Bishop. Bishop is a time traveler. Uh, there's Wolverine. Of course, I know Wolverine. You know, then we have a bunch of people, like that's the Squadron Supreme Leader, whatever his name is, 
blah blah blah. But it was a lot, it was very hard to follow because characters kept coming in and coming and coming. I was like, they they like, oh gee, how can we cram every single uh, character? into our books here i know let's just throw them in there would you like to um with would you like to go over the plot with explosions on every other page well there seemed to be another person that had the phoenix force entity that came to earth okay what and the hell is the phoenix force i was confused about Jean that gray has the phoenix force. but this, this wasn't gene gray this was uh the juggernaut's girlfriend had the phoenix force right Jean Grey is the most powerful force known to nature when she's looked at the Phoenix Force. The Phoenix Force pretty much destroys worlds. Um, she was able, they gave, she died, I guess, around this time. They gave it up. It, the Phoenix Force wandered and got a new host. And the host took over and started causing trouble. People were getting burned left and right. You know, it's just. Wait, but okay. So with the Phoenix Force, and it takes a horse, uh, takes somebody as host, right? In this version, the host is actually, and I don't know if it's a metaphysical spaceship in the mine, or an actual in a, in spaceship the in the mine. Plane. In the actual pl- astral plane, there's an actual spaceship. Yes. Because when you're in corporal. You need a spaceship. Right. You do need a spaceship. You need a spaceship when you're Somehow, a ghost. Somehow, you need a spaceship to get around ghostly times out here. www.indiestreets.com, I, I guess. There's another thing about she's able to detect... I'm so confused. <laughs> like she's able to, to detect um, nanobots, and there's something going on with nanobots. Yeah, like I said, it was so confusing. So confused. Like, normally, we have you know X Men go stop Magneto. Magneto's on asteroid M. Let's go. They get there. They fight. They win. They go home, or they lose. They go home. This book was like I don't know who's who's on whose side. There was there were people coming out of portals everywhere. It was like oh hey how you doing how you doing how you doing how you doing. And that's, oh, let's fight now. Yeah, and I completely agree with Wolverine because, you know, the writers of this actually understood, they, they knew about it because they have Wolverine say, I don't care about these other people. I'll learn their names later. Yes. And so if Wolverine doesn't care, I don't care. Exactly. But they keep having these really dramatic scenes. That's why it was in the used bin at the comic. Oh my God. Okay, so the Phoenix person this time is in old gold. Right, and yes. during one of the fights with the billions of teams that come out of nowhere through portals, um, something explodes and knocks down a building. And um, the blue guy, Beast, he he he's being a nice person. He's like, "Oh, we have to go rescue those two people." So they go to the rubble to rescue, like I guess, a father and daughter. And the daughter finds out for the very first time that her father was a robot. So here's uh, here's what happens 18, next. Oh, here's what oh, happened next, yeah. right? After she finds out that he is a robot, she goes insane and also turns gold. My daddy's a robot. Ah! Yeah. Well, what's the actual line here? Let me find it. Let me find the actual line. Okay. Uh, it's her fault that Bird Woman. She did it. She hurt my dad. Okay. So she turns gold here, and so we have one gold person with very long hair and I guess like a supermodel body punching another. Gold person with another supermodel body, super model body with, with the same exact way. So I don't know who's pushed, punching who. I have no idea. But after she punches her once, she loses his goldness and she goes back to whatever sleep. But that punch, that punch to the face, the Super Saiyan punch, the Super Saiyan punch in the face. 
got the Phoenix Force to come out of the Juggernaut's girlfriend. See what I'm saying? And then it, it splits into two, which is never addressed later. So because the one who, the, the lady who was possessed, Juggernaut's girlfriend, she mentions to everybody that the Phoenix energy wants to drive planet Earth into the sun. Yes. <laughs> and the plan is, is to use a spaceship that is in the middle of the Earth brought there by the first human beings. We but just the, so happen to have that here. It was so happen to have this. And the first human beings are actually one person from yeah. another planet who cloned himself as a woman so he can have sex with her. And yes. The strangest masturbation I have ever seen ever. And that's the drop the mic moment where we go, you know what? This comic book is out of control. So the Phoenix Force tries to eat them or something and makes all the volcanoes erupt at once to move mm-hmm. the earth closer to the sun. Yep. So all our 56,000 heroes who are in the streets of New York go to the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. There's so many people. It's like there's like a lizard guy. There's a guy who like spines on his back. My favorite one. Let me find it. Let me find it. I want to show you. Okay. It's a guy who, who has no earthly business in being in this. There's all these crazy colorful people and giant rock monsters and people with space machine guns and a giant tank that runs over cars. Yep. And then there's this African-American college student with a book. Of all, out, of, out of the blue. He just shows up. He just shows up and he's raising his fist and he's holding his book like he's going to do something with his book. I think he's a, he opens portals. No, he doesn't open portals. Later, no, later someone else opens portals and he does some spell to keep it open. See, see, it's something about the portal, man. I'm telling you. He's not very good. No, he's not very good. He's not very good. He doesn't do much. I think his name is actually Book. Book. They call him Book, which is just... Book can, a book can open a portal in real life, so that's a, that's an app <laughs> for, for a portal opener. Book. All right. So, what do you think of the book? Oh, I'm actually not done, like, summarizing oh, this you're, nonsense. You're not done picking it apart? I'm not going to talk about all the different characters, because I, I just lost track. Lost track so much. Eventually, they drive the Phoenix into the air. They suck it into outer space. Uh-huh. And they transport it in, in space 10 billion years ago. Okay. Because that's something you could do, obviously. Allegedly, yeah. All right. And 10 billion years ago, the Phoenix Force becomes the sun. Yep. So there's a time loop there. So she's back to being the sun all over. So the sun is the Phoenix Force. Has that ever happened before? No. Okay. So the sun is a Phoenix Force. So when it was a Phoenix Force before it became the sun, why did it want to drive Earth into the sun? To get to the other side. <laughs> You're asking the wrong man, What man. the fuck is this? you asking the wrong dude. All right, man. non-story point I want to ask you. Is Rogue always bent over? Yes. Why is she Most, always... Mostly every female character is mostly bent over, like the sexy ones. If you go through the books and you look, they always have a, a, a point where they, they so bend. weird. Where you see their curves of their bodies. If you think about it, you really think about it. It doesn't make any sense. You always have the same kind of macho pose the guys are about to fight. And the women are always bent over in some form. Look, look, bent. 
Well, okay, well, but there are some other women who are throwing punches and stuff. Like, like that's a roundhouse kick right there. And they're, they're not exactly that bent. Uh, but with Rogue, Rogue is an actual sexual position. Yeah. She's, she's completely she's, bent over. She's looking behind her. She's ovulating. She, she's, she's presenting, like, almost every presenting. single page of this. See, it's, she, it's mating season and she's presenting. It's like, even when she does her taxes, she has to bend over seductively and put her ass out. To fill out the uh, 1099 oh, form. She's a Southern Belle. That's what they do. Look <laughs> yeah. like at the very end. She's bent over. Yes. Oh my God. What is this? Looks like she's taking a dookie. <laughs> what is this? Why, why is she always bent over? There's like 48 pages of Rogue bent over. I'm not going to complain about Rogue being bent over. I'm not going to follow you down this path. I'm just going to tell you keep it real here. <laughs> my okay. job is to keep it real. I'll keep it. Well, okay, so the, the Jubilee, the, the one with the, uh... The teenager that does the pyroclasty... Oh, that's what she's doing the there? That's just, like, stuff that says Chapow. Yep. Chapow, pow Well, okay, well, Jubilee with her, um, she's, April O'Neil She shoots coat. fireworks with her hands. She's not as bent over, and she actually does stuff, like, Whoa, Rogue. Jubilee? Yeah, she's not bent Jubilee over here. Jubilee's supposed to be a kid in the comic book, so she knocks a lot of bend over. So in the Marvel Universe, yes. as soon as women hit, hit 18, they get scoliosis and they can't stand up straight. And get wet white t-shirts. <laughs> and they, they get yeah. skin-tight t-shirts and pants. Correct. Well, what, Yikes! what else do you feel about this comic book? Let me, let me, I, I uh, have one more thing I want to say about this comic book. Yeah, go ahead. The comic book, I will read it every time because the X-Men are in it. However, the storyline is so bland. And so I guess because over the years I've become more mature and I like my stories to make sense, that I cannot support this comic book. I will give it two thumbs down and a yawn. Just one question. Any of this, any of these horrifying revelations of some of these characters, like some die that we're supposed to know, like the dad being a robot, the two original human beings being the same person... Any of that, does that make you curious about the Malibu Comics universe? No, not, no, absolutely not. Never, no, yet, none. To tell you the truth, I'm interested in book, because I want to know what the hell he does. Weirdo. <laughs> You're just such a weirdo. Because if you are interested in that book, I got nothing to say for you. I got nothing. Because there's so little of him, and nothing. he doesn't belong. I got nothing. I mean, they're in the center of the earth fighting robots with lava I spewing out all over the place. Nothing. And he's there just doing just, something. Man, I got nothing. That's all I gotta say. And there's like a love triangle, triangle oh, going on with go. one that's. Here we go. Listen, on that note, we're gonna wrap this up because <laughs> I just can't with this book. You can't anymore? It is not worth 50 minutes of our time. Am I breaking your spirit with this show? Broke, it's been broken. It's been broken? It's been broken. I, I will come back again, but it is broken. <laughs> it is broken. Listen, folks. Um, and and we like we thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Um, maybe one of these days we'll talk about something real, like how Civil War got it right and Marvel and DC Universe got it wrong. But I'm just saying. I don't know anything about those universes really Whatever, still, so I don't know what they got right and what they got wrong. I just yeah, know you can see it. Movies. You, you could walk into a Marvel movie and you can love it because the story is crisp. It keeps your interest from beginning to end. Then you don't have to see Batman's parents die six or seven times in the movie. Oh, his parents die? Did I say that all loud? Oh, no. Batman's parents die? When did this happen? I'm, just I'm, I'm bitter. I'm bitter towards all that. That would create some type of psychological issues for Batman. I think so. Wait till I, I put my knuckle sandwich in his face. Well, folks, that's our time today. I'm Mr. Nappy. I'm Chuck Flamingo. Peace. Peace out.